0: Isaac Edelman here alongside my good buddy, Sam Fetterman, here on FL Teams. Remember, flteams.com is your go-to one-stop shop for all Florida sports coverage. And if we want to cover all of Florida, we have to break down most, if not all, of the college basketball teams in the state of Florida. So I have my good buddy, Sam Fetterman, who's currently at Syracuse. The last time I saw him was actually in Houston at the Final Four. How are you
1: doing, Sam? I'm doing great. It's, I mean, it's Christmas. That's what it is for me. The first day of the college basketball season, basically every team or almost every team is getting on the court today. Get first looks I'm headed to the, to the SU New Hampshire game tonight. I'm just so excited for basketball. We're just a few hours away from the first D one versus D one game. We've already seen some of the D one schools take on some D threes and D twos. I mean, We're so back.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So with that said, you know, we have have a lot to discuss, so let's just get right into it. And let's first start with my FAU owls, right? FAU, one of the Cinderella teams of last year, made it to the final four. They were one shot away from making the national championship game. They were turned seven starters. Michael Forrest is really the one piece who has moved on because he graduated. And this is the first year in the AAC. So they're going to have to... Get through Memphis like they did last year in the in the round of 64 in March Madness, and really the, the big thing to look out here, Sam, is their tough schedule. Right before before you analyze this team, they're gonna play your Loyola, Chicago in the Ball Store Invitational this Wednesday, Butler in either Penn State or Texas A&M in the ESPN Invitational Illinois at MSG for the Jimmy V Classic. St. Bonaventure for the Basketball Hall of Fame Classic, and then Arizona and Las Vegas. That, that's just crazy to, to just hear because it's FAU. So just what are your initial thoughts about this Owls team?
1: I mean, I think that people are a little bit divided on FAU this year because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that seem to think that, oh, they made the Final Four, they returned pretty much everybody. You, you have to rank them in the top 10, top five. And then there's the school of thought that, thinks that that kind of thinks it was fluky and i'm here to say the final four run every final four run is fluky every ncaa tournament run is fluky it's not a hit on fau to say that they're not going to make the final four again and remember this they were 17th in ken palm last year so ranking them in the 17 in the 15 to 25 range is not crazy ken palm right now has them at 37. um that's a little low for me but Again, they hit their 100th percentile last year, and I would be surprised if they improved, because it's so hard to improve from making the Final Four and going 30, like 34 and whatever it was. (laughs) They were really good, and they're going to be really good again. It's just the fact that they probably won't win quite as many close games as they did last year. And... Lightning doesn't strike twice. The thing is, if they if they finish 33rd in Ken Palm Day and they lose in the first round of the tournament as like a seven seed, it's not a failure per se. I mean, sure, they're probably never going to have a team with expectations of making it this far ever again, but it's not a failure to make the tournament and be really good all year and just not make a deep run because mm-hmm. people seem to... People seem to put so much weight on an NCAA tournament run, which anything can happen. And they bring back Janelle Davis, Elijah Martin, two guys that I think are pros. Vlad Golden in this post, that's a really important piece. And the depth is still there with Weatherspoon and Rosado. And and you bring back Greenlee and Boyd. And it's still a super talented group. And in the American, there's going to be fewer games against really bad teams and more games against top 100 caliber teams i mean you got not just memphis who's a top 25 team you've got tulane um who's a top 100 team uab and north texas are also in my top 100 usf um is not quite in my top 100 but they can be there and then the non-conference schedule dusty may scheduled this year yeah because he knew that he's not going to have a ton of quad one opportunities he'll have a bunch of quad two opportunities but he's scheduled with a buffer built build some wins in that non-conference build up a resume and you're gonna and you can make it into the tournament last year they they lost one non-conference game and they were they were nine seed it was really tough if they lost like one or two more games in the in the conference season they wouldn't have made the tournament and that's crazy to think because they were they very much deserved to make a tournament they were one of yeah. the most undervalued teams coming into the tournament and they proved why i mean they also memphis was another undervalued team those were that was a fun matchup and i'm glad that we get to see it again this year exactly Um, obviously it's a different memphis team no more kendrick davis no more deandre williams they've got caleb mills coming in and david jones jaquan walton um javon quinterly and jordan brown a bunch of talented guys uh for penny hardaway But FAU and Memphis should be the top two teams in that conference by a good margin. They should both be tournament teams. And if FAU makes a run to the Final Four again, that would be awesome. If they don't and they make the tournament and they lose in the first or second round, I think people would be – people would say the run was fluky in like a dismissive way. But it doesn't matter. Exactly. Make the tournament – Figure it out from there.
0: Yeah. And and at the end of the day, right, even if last year can be considered fluky, you still made it to the Final Four. And look, the reason people are calling it fluky is just because of the week schedule last year. Hence, they went 28-3. and And if they didn't win the Conference USA uh, Championship, it it would have been a really tough decision if they would have made March Madness. But again, like you just mentioned, Sam, the out-of-conference schedule is terrific this year and that terrific can turn into bad if they lose those games. But if they win those games, all credit to them. And the cool thing as an FAU fan, right, as good as a team as they were last year, there weren't many national TV games in the regular season. Well, this year, you're going to get a lot. And look, I think they they deserved it. They definitely deserved
1: it. Yeah, I mean, FAU is really good. I mean, I have them as a top 25 team. Just think about if I told you 365 days ago that FAU would be a top 25 team in the country and they made they made the final four they made the final four last year and yeah, they're back. the top 25 team this year. I, that's that's really special for what Dusty May mm-hmm. is doing there. They're entering the American Conference with a massive target on their back. Everybody's going to want a piece of them. They're going to get the best from every team that they face. Mm-hmm. And they're also going to get the best from the non-conference opponents that they face. Like Loyola Chicago is a good team. They are well coached. They have great talent. They have a bunch of fun transfers. That game's in Chicago. That if, if they lose that, like it's not inconceivable that they lose that game. That's going to be a really fun basketball. And the game. funny,
0: the funny thing is that Loyola Chicago last year might be arguably with the Gators, who didn't turn out to be that good last year. Um, Loyola Chicago could have easily been the FAU's hardest game of last year.
1: I mean, Loyola was very, very disappointing last year. I think they're going to be a lot better this year. But I mean, then, then again, like Butler, they're, they're not, they're not as good as FAU, Mm -hmm. but they have a bunch of kids that can really shoot the ball, like DJ Davis. They have pesky defenders like Posh Alexander. They got some um, interesting wings, Telford and Pierre Brooks. And I mean, there's no reason why Butler can't beat FAU. I mean, I I would pick FAU to win that game, but like, there's some potential landmines here for FAU, but you need to survive the landmines to build a resume. Exactly. So,
0: with that said, let's move on to the other Final Four team in the state of Florida. They went 29 and 8 last year, went 15 and 5 in conference play, obviously, the ACC. They lost Isaiah Wong and Jordan Miller because they graduated, but they returned three key starters, uh, Omer, uh, Pack, and Poplar. And obviously, the big thing here is they got a huge transfer. From a rival, FSU's Matthew Cleveland, who averaged 13.8 points per game last year. Sam, what are your thoughts on this Miami Hurricanes team?
1: My favorite thing about them getting Matthew Cleveland—well, actually, I have two favorite things. <laughs> In February, he hit a buzzer beater to beat Miami, yeah, and did and did this, and then he was coming. And then he, now he's now he's one of their top players. He's going to be really important for them. The other, my other favorite thing is. You could not find a more perfect Jordan Miller replacement in the transfer portal than Matthew Cleveland. Long, athletic, can shoot, can defend. He's he's the perfect fit for for what Larinaga wants to do with this program. And Nigel Pack kind of struggled at the beginning of last season. He really started to come on late, and he was a big obvious big transfer pickup from Kansas State last year. And it took him a little bit to get settled in. Once he got settled in, that that team was deadly. Um, Norchan Omir is still one of the best rebounders in college basketball, a little bit undersized, big. And then they'll also have freshman Kaishan George, who I've heard really good things about. They, they like what he brings to the table and Bensley Joseph can take a step forward. Wuga Poplar has gotten a lot of hype this off season. Naga really likes what he can bring to the table. There is a lot to like about Miami. But like, I don't see them, their regular season ceiling being crazy high. It's probably going to be a similar type of regular season, maybe a little bit worse than last than last year as the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. They're going to be really good. They're not going to be an elite level team. I have them around the top 20 group. And I mean, Larenaga can really coach. Uh, we know how well he's done in the last couple of years in the tournament. Guard play wins. And Nigel Pack with Poplar and Joseph and the versatility and switchability flexibility and the rebounding Omer provides Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I mean they they made it to the Final Four last year and they they beat some really darn good teams they beat Houston along the way I I don't like I, I hate making like tournament predictions as far out but like if Miami ended up back in the Final Four I wouldn't be surprised
0: so now let me ask you because unlike fau miami is a proven team if they win a lot of games they get respect because they're in a tough conference right the acc so because they're so proven though there's high expectations right because with fau like you said if they make it to March madness but lose in the first round that that's still going to be like well no
1: i think that that's my expect that's like my thought yeah no most most people think that FAU is like Final Four or Bust. And I think no team should ever be Final Four or Bust. Final yeah. Four or Bust is a myth.
0: So, with the Canes, what would be kind of the stage where you say this is disappointing? Is it is it like losing in the first round of March Madness?
1: I mean, there's so much variability when it comes to a team like Miami because they can give up 85 points to anybody. And they could also score 85, 100 points on anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I'd call it a disappointment if they were like a nine seed or like a 10 seed. But if they are like just hanging on to the tournament and like if they end up in Dayton in the first four, probably it's a disappointment. I I mean, the, the ranges of what can be a successful season because the circumstances change every single year, even if the play, even if you return a good portion of your team, the circumstances will change every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, if Miami, if, if Miami, if, if the ACC is like super weak and Miami loses some, loses some bad games, then, then it's a disappointment. But, if, but if the ACC is pretty, is a little stronger than we expect and say a team like Syracuse or Wake Forest is better than people are expecting. And, Miami drops some games and finishes like fifth and gets like a 10 seed. It's not necessarily a disappointment yeah. versus if they, if, if they just, if they lose, if they lose to depends really on who they end up losing to. Mm-hmm.
0: So I, I, I got a chance to check out your preseason top a hundred and we're going to go to a team that you ranked above FAU and Miami. And they of course are in the state of Florida. The Florida Gators. This is an interesting team, right? I mean, if you look at it on paper, for them, a very bad season, 16-15. and They didn't make March Madness. And they've lost kind of their key piece that they've had the last two years in Colin Castleton. But the Gators arguably had one of the best offseasons in all of college basketball. Eight new players, five transfers, three freshmen. And, of course, they have their four returners, including preseason All-SEC guard, Riley Krugel, and steady junior wing, Richard. Sam, what's going on with this Gators team that you have as the best team in the state?
1: I I fell for it last year. I I will come out and admit, I thought that Florida was going to be awesome last year, and they were not. But this year, I'm falling for it again. (laughs) They've given me a reason to. So I'm I'm back on that Florida hype train. You look at Riley Kugel. This is—he averaged 17 points a game down the stretch run of last season. He is one of the—he's one of the top players, not just in the SEC but in the country. I have him on a preseason All-America team. Um, he can shoot. He can get to the basket. He can defend. Mm-hmm. He's—he does it all from the wing. He can, and they're going to need a lot of him. Um, then there's Walter Clayton Jr. who can handle the ball can play off the ball one of the one of the best shooters in all of college basketball 43 percent from three last year he doesn't miss I mean he's also active defensively great rebounder for a guard this team's going to be tough I mean Thomas Hall is a freshman that plays with super energy I've heard really great things he might start for the Gators Tyree Samuel's super tough Micah Hanlockton is another really tough guy he can finish at the rim you can block shots and then zion Pullen, when he comes back from his three game suspension is going to be one of the one of the better transfer point guards in college basketball he was a stud last year at uc riverside for mike magpio <laughs> i mean the starting lineup is as talented as almost any in the country and i'm gonna get sucked I'm, I'm, I'm sucked into the hype train i am spewing out all the florida hype i mean todd Golden. Earned this job with the, with how well he did at San Francisco year one, adjusting to a new conference can be tough. And year two, I'm all in once again on Florida as a top 15 caliber team.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I know you know a ton about Iona, and obviously that's what Walter Clayton Jr. transferred from. Clayton, an elite free throw shooter. I looked at the numbers, 95%. That That's incredible. So because you know so much about Iona, before we move on from the Gators, just touch on him, because I know you know a lot about him.
1: Yeah, I saw a lot of Walter last last two years. Um, we actually interviewed him on the Brackets Bubbles and Bid Stealers podcast, SEC Preview. We had about 10 minutes where, where we spoke with him. Um and Walt is such a talented scorer when he missed one free throw it was like a stop the press moment it was (laughs) the the guy doesn't miss he hits tough contested shots from three comes off the pick and roll they'll come off of off ball screens he'll get to the basket he's I mean the athleticism isn't the main part of his game but he was a wide receiver recruit with offers to play at West Virginia and high major football programs. Wow. He's got athleticism that isn't, I mean, he said, I said, the athleticism is not his top trait, but it's there. He can really rise up. He's shown spots of really excellent defense. He can be a really solid rim protecting guard. Even he's a great rebounder for a guard and he's even a solid secondary playmaker. Walter Clayton Jr. is one of the top players in the sec i mean i don't think he's he might make an all sec team this year yeah
0: so let's move on to the nulls right fsu and your top 100 was put at 72 they're in a very tough acc conference and when you're a little bit under par it shows they went nine and 22 last year what are their expectations this season because no one's really talking about them yeah so
1: fsu had a ton of injury issues last year and jaylen Ganey was out for the season baba miller was suspended they had plenty of issues and it just it just didn't work leonard hamilton is getting up there in, in years and this is his last chance alone to prove that he's not done and i don't think he's done but i'm not sure he's gonna do enough to really prove that he's the guy going forward i think he thinks there's a good chance he ends up retiring after this season primo spears is the transfer from georgetown he needs a waiver he i don't think he's gonna end up getting one most guys aren't um but i mean darren green is back jalen worley is back and baba miller has to take a, a big step forward um, last year, the question that I was asking was like, could he provide the production that like we were expecting from like a sophomore John Butler? And it just wasn't there. He never got into a rhythm. But Bob Miller's super talented. We watched it at the FIBA competitions with Spain. He can. He's he's big. He's long. He does a lot of things at a high level. He can alter shots. He can run the floor. I think he's going to be in for a big season. Jalen Ganey's super physical in the post as well. Um, Cam Corin um, is getting a lot of hype down there. Fletcher is too. I mean, there's a lot of interesting pieces here. FSU though, outside of that group of like the tournament caliber ACC teams, there's not a ton to be excited about in the ACC outside of those outside of those teams. And FSU, it's probably going to be a tough year. But not as tough as last year. Not even close. They'll they'll be an NIT caliber team, but mm-hmm. I don't I'm not sure they'll flirt with the tournament very much.
0: Let's move on to UCF. The Knights went 17 and 13 last year in the AAC. This is now their first year in the Big 12. What can we expect from the Knights? And maybe tell the Knight fans listening kind of what to expect in the Big 12.
1: A lot of losses. <laughs> I mean, UCF, you you look at this roster, it is not built to compete in a high major conference, not at all, let alone the best conference in college basketball, the Big 12. I mean, UCF had a great year last year, but like they also had an NBA lottery pick on that team in Taylor Hendricks. They had Brandon Suggs, Ithiel Horton, CJ Kelly. All those guys are gone. Like those guys were key contributors for this group. And like, yes, you had an NBA lottery pick, a freshman that averaged 15-7 in two blocks and shot 40% from three. He's gone. A lot of your top contributors, they're gone. You you really need to pick, get a lot out of Darius Johnson, out of Shamari Allen, CJ out of guys like CJ Walker and Jalen Sellers. And I, I just don't think those guys have what it takes to be big 12 starting caliber players. Mm-hmm. Johnny Dawkins is like, I I don't think Johnny Dawkins is a Big 12 caliber coach. I I think that UCF is going to learn the hard way what it takes to be a high major basketball program. They might go the whole year without winning three or four Big 12 games.
0: Hey, at least you're being straight up. And this is the analysis we need, right? On FL teams, because we, we can't always show love to the Florida teams. We need to share the truth. So I mean
1: if, if they are to do pretty well, I mean, then I would say a Shamari Allen um, breakout. He he was really he was really good at Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um if, if they were to have a good year this year, Darius Johnson and Shamari Allen would have to would have to be really exciting.
0: Awesome. So we don't have much more time. And obviously there's a ton of more college basketball teams in the state of Florida. So just before we leave, is there anything you want to touch on, whether it's USF, FIU, Florida Gulf Coast?
1: Yeah. So USF has a brand new coach in Amir Abdur-Rahim from Kennesaw State. And he brings uh, Chris Youngblood along with him. Uh, They also have a freshman point guard that I like, Jaden Reed. I'm not sure how much run he's going to get, but I I like him. They have Placer, They have Selton Miguel back. USF is they're they're sneaky. They could be they could be really solid. But I have them. I do have them um, a bit outside of the top one hundred. But if they were if they ended up finishing as a top one hundred team in in the metrics, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Um, FIU might have one of the most underrated players in the country in Arturo Dean. Um, they lose Denver Jones, but Dean is going to be one of the top players in Conference USA this year and FGCU with Isaiah Thompson um, and Pat Chambers at the helm. There's, there's always a lot of fun stuff there.
0: Awesome, Sam. Thank you so much for your time. Really appreciated all of your Florida analysis before you go though, tell the, the viewers listening where they can find you because I know, and, and I'm not just saying this cause you're my friend. You really are one of the must follows in terms of college basketball.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So um, at Sam underscore Fetterman on Twitter that's my main platform i write for mid-major madness um covering the metro atlantic athletic conference and other northeast base mid-majors that's basically where you can find me i'm also going to be um, doing some stuff for daily dose of hoops this year um in some other and in some other capacities also the brackets bubbles and bid stealers podcast at bbb cbb podcast on twitter um, you can find that on spotify as well on youtube wherever you- you get your podcasts, um, but it's it's mostly a video show, so um, I would I would advise watching it rather than listening to it. But listen to it if you have to. Um, that's great. Um, and just Isaac, thanks so much for having me on, and I'm really excited to watch more basketball this year.
0: Yeah, no, thanks so much for taking time out of your day. I know the D1 D1 games haven't started yet, but hey, Sam, you're the man because you watch everything college basketball related. So again just uh, uh really appreciate you for coming on. And guys, remember, follow @flteams and check out flteams.com and we'll we'll be covering college basketball throughout the entire season.
1: Go Thanks Orange.
0: So bye bye.